and welcome to the most excellent 80s movies podcast. Uh, it's the podcast where a filmmaker, a comedian, and their content creating guests go back through the past and into the future of the 80s movies uh, we think we love or might have missed with these our modern eyes to see how they held up. And this is, this is a big one. Today we're doing Back to the Future. The movie selection from 1985. Steven Spielberg presents Back to the Future, a Robert Zemeckis film. Marty leads an ordinary life. No McFly ever amounted to anything in the history of Hill Valley. But history is going to change. And 1985 is not his year. But Dr. Brown is about to change all that. Are you telling me that you built a time machine? Out of a DeLorean? <laughs> He's sending Marty 30 years back in time. It works! It's a funny sauce from outer space! Now, he's trapped in the past. This has got to be a dream. About to meet... Chocolate. ...his future father. He's a peeping tough. Wow! And he's making an impression on his mother. He's an absolute dream. And he can sleep in my room. Now, he's got to make his mother and father fall in love. And only Dr. Brown can help him get back to the future. Are you telling me that this sucker is nuclear? Precisely. Michael J. Fox. Christopher Lloyd. I love the like the old trailers where they haven't completely like dialed in on like what's great about the movie. You know, it's like the Princess Bride was the was the best or the worst in terms of that. The best of the worst of trailers of the eighties, where they just didn't like get what was like great about the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. That's I mean, the, there are so many fun things that are not not really vibing in that trailer. Um, all right. Hi, I'm Chrissy Lenz. I am the comedian on this podcast, and with me, as always, is Nathan Blackwell, the filmmaker. Hey, everyone. Uh, and today, we have a, a very exciting guest. Uh, we have Chewy Plays here with us. Hello, hello. <laughs> Chewy's also a performer at the Neighborhood Comedy Theater. And tell us a little bit about um, all of the things that Chewy plays. Chewy plays so many things. Uh, I play a lot of Animal Crossing mostly, but I am a YouTube content creator as well as a podcaster, and I have just started writing for an indie magazine about indie video games, but I also just watch a lot of movies and have a lot of fun doing that sort of thing. So yeah, lots, of, lots of different things. Awesome, and I, I love Animal Crossing. Yeah, as me well. too. <laughs> uh, Nathan is not a crosser of animals. I I, I don't have this the Nintendo system. Jeez, oh, I, I, oh, I like animals. Geez. They're fine. <laughs> they look cute. I want to hug them. Uh, well, before we jump in and talk about Back to the Future, I did want to like talk a little bit about like you are currently making a film, filmmaker Nathan. Uh, yeah. So I yeah I'm I'm in production right now um, on a low budget feature film. Um, so yeah, we're, we shot in November for, um, eight days and then coming up in January, we're shooting for nine more. So yeah, it's pretty exciting slash stressful slash scary. Yeah, but it's, it's going to be something that of course, a most excellent eighties movies podcast listeners are going to be really excited about. Cause of course it's the filmmaking of Nathan Blackwell, plus <laughs> our favorite <laughs> guests, uh, starring Adam Rini and Craig Curtis. And, um, it's really, really cool. So Yep, they're all I could afford. <laughs> um, and it's really great. So I'm, I'm super looking forward to, uh, you know, being able to talk about all the current filmmakery things that are happening uh, while we're talking about films. So Back to the Future. I obviously... It's, it's a big one. It's a big one. It's a big we one. To, we, we had to cross certain milestones, ones that we've been saving. Right. Episode seventy is where we really find our voice. Yes, I think. Yeah, we had. To, okay, it was time. It was, Let's yeah. do Back to the Future. 
Yeah, and so like if Gremlins is our Christmas episode, then Back to the Future is our New Year's episode. Makes sense. Yeah. So, Chewy, for you, like how have is this like a big movie for you, or how this, do you feel about it? This is my favorite part where people are like, "Oh, you're young." <laughs> you are young. This, this is definitely one that came out before I was born, mm-hmm. only six years before I was born. Okay. But I'm like sixth of seven children, so I basically grew up in the 80s in my household so everything I watched was just everything they watched they had the control so I always got treated to nice 80s movies and so this one was definitely I I recently watched the new Ghostbusters Uh and I was just reminded of all the times as a kid where I took the vacuum and put it on my back and was like Mm -hmm. I'm a Ghostbuster now And so this movie, come, going back to it, I was like, yeah, I did want a DeLorean like everybody else did. And yeah, it, it, was, it was a good reminder of all the fun things from my childhood. Okay, good. So you, yeah. got, you got to experience it. Acceptable. In, in the way... That, that was the correct it, answer. Yeah, the way it's yeah. intended, which is out of time. <laughs> yeah. You were seeing it fourth dimensionally. In, in the a, future, yes. In the future. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, and what about for you, Nathan? Yeah, for for me, this is one of those like lightning bolt movies to where it's like, oh my god, movies are great. <laughs> um, <laughs> movies yeah. are great. We should make some. Oh my some. god. Um, so yeah, this this was one of those ones where, like, we at this point we didn't have a VHS player, so I I was only able to catch it at at friends' homes or when it was on TV and things like that, and so. Yeah, it was a big deal because, like, like it, it, there there really wasn't any, you know, there's tons of them now, but there really wasn't an awesome time travel movie for us, you know, other than like, a, like a black and white H.G. Wells, yeah. you know, like mm. a stuffy old man, mm. you know, like a Doctor Who kind of, you know, uh, there wasn't like, you know, like the the new kind of like Spielberg visual effects and the big music and and the kind of like time travel thing for us as a kids then that just like blew up our imagination. Right. And, and I mean, you know, um, this is one of those movies to where it, it's just, you know, you talk about like, so what makes it endure, what makes it great? And it's just revisiting it, you know, like it's just great storytelling. Like mm-hmm. every scene has something fun either in the way it's told or what it's about. And it's just kind of like, you know, Bob Gale, Robert Zemeckis just firing on all cylinders and just going for it. Yeah. I completely agree that every scene has so many layers of things to come back to. Um, and, and that's something that I hope that we'll talk about as we mm-hmm. go through talking about the movie. Uh, this big one for me also, I am wearing part of my Marty McFly cosplay. <laughs> um, I have a flux capacitor tattoo. That says thinking fourth dimensionally. And so, yeah, this was definitely one of those movies where, like, you know, when you're a a kid who's a girl in the 80s, like, all of the movie characters that you want to be are boys. So (laughs) I definitely wanted to be a Marty McFly. Uh, And and time travel, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Time travel. This, like... So I am way into like time travel, and this but is but like this in is a like, smart way because I'm into it in a dumb way. Uh, I would say I'm into it a, the, a smart and dumb way. Okay, perfect. Like, Both know, ways. There's not enough for me to consume in terms of like time travel stuff, so I go for the smart and the dumb. Okay, now, and, and are you a time travel guy? Julie? I love time travel. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. It, it, what it, is it about time travel that that is exciting? Is it the idea of like Sometimes I think it is it about history. Is it about going into the past? Is it about like changing something in your life? And I don't feel like it necessarily is. In some ways, it's kind of just the, the fun of a puzzle. Yeah. You know, the fun of of um, you know um, the cause and effect, and and the dominoes and and how things affect each other, and just like okay. No, and, not, and, and also, like, time travel movies are puzzles in themselves of, like, how are they going to get back? How are they going to solve this problem right. over mm-hmm. there, you know? Well, and, that, and that's part of the thinking fourth dimensionally thing, right? So, like, whenever Doc is explaining, look, you did this now, which means that 10 years from now, all these little tiny, like, it's the Rube Goldberg, right? Yeah. So you mm-hmm. see that whole 
opening Rube Goldberg dog food machine. And it's, it's that. It's this thing here has this cascading effect that goes into the future in positive ways mm-hmm. and negative ways. And, you know, like, obviously, one of my other favorite movies is Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, <laughs> Time Travel. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a different kind of time travel in these two movies. Right. And yeah. this one's a little bit smarter mm-hmm. because we don't get into that, like, okay, well, I'll, there's a little bit of it. Like, I'll go back 10 minutes early so that I can tell Doc. Mm-hmm. And I have thoughts about, like, that's the very end of the movie. So yeah. I yeah, want to put a pin in that. <laughs> um but like, and then, you know, talk about like Endgame when they are explaining how time travel works and it's really like a stream that you have to like jump into the stream of mm. the timeline and stuff. Mm-hmm. Or like the Loki. Did you watch the Loki? Yeah. Yeah. I watched show? Loki. Where it's like there are variants and there are branches. Like it gets real confusing real fast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it's any time travel movie has to deal with. Lots of exposition of, mm-hmm. of this is how things work. This is how things don't work. These are the consequences if this happens. Right. And every time travel movie either th- has to thread that needle or chokes on it at some point. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's no matter what, what movie, any, any time travel movie has to deal with, okay, how does this version of time travel work? Right. You know, like mm-hmm. in Looper, they kind of like, both fun and 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 just kind of they a lot of it is what we what we see but also the narration but there's also a moment where uh you know like bruce willis is like stop thinking about that stuff it's just it's just like this you know yeah. um well they do that mm-hmm. in endgame too where they're like look forget bill and ted's forget back to the future it's like what is the one that they say it's like this um I don't remember, uh, but it's basically like branching off timelines, right? With right. that one, instead of Where like, it's like sticky time. You have time. to join the time stream, mm-hmm. and you you can't necessarily, if you cause a variant, then that becomes its whole other stream. Yeah, that's its other thing. It's like well, the it's multiverse, explained twice. Basically. It's once it's like it's not like <laughs> Back to the Future. You can't go back and change your past because you've already you already exist in whatever time that happens. So right. you can't do that. You can't do and that. And then there's mm-hmm. the second time where then um, the, the 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 great one, uh, the the master, um, the ancient Doctor, one, the ancient yeah. one, Doctor Strange. I've seen that movie like thirteen times. They're all the mind. blank one. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, it, it, so uh, yeah. So she explains. Oh, if you remove one of these, then this happens. Mm-hmm. And then you have to do this to redo. So it's kind of explained twice. Yeah. I think they do a really good job of explaining it in Loki. And I really like the way that Doc Brown explains it in this, which is the flux capacitor makes time travel possible. That's one. Mm-hmm. Two, 1.21 gigawatts. Three, fourth dimensional thinking. That's all there is. <laughs> That's it. And I, I love their fun... Like, because the the reason it doesn't matter how they explain it is because Doc is obviously, like, an unreliable genius. And Marty's just like, yeah, Doc, I don't care. I don't care how the science works. Just help me not disappear. Uh-huh. Yeah, this is... So, in terms of types of time travels, this is a consequence-style timeline. If mm-hmm. you do this, then it will affect your future. Right. It's not a paradox where you're... You, you were the the future has already affected your now. Right. Like you can't, it's like those ones where, where you realize you're just repeating a loop. Right. Which I don't think makes as, I don't think it makes as much sense in this, you cross a branch and in this, like there's only one timeline. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't think that makes as much sense. It simplifies it for sure. But yeah. yeah. Where you don't have to worry about all of those things branching off and turning into something new. It's just like, this is it. This is the one timeline you've got. There's one Marty. Yeah. And it's you. Mm -hmm. Except later there's two Martys and they're both you. Yeah. But you're this Marty now and that Marty then doesn't remember the Marty that's now because the Marty that's now didn't know the Marty that was then. Yeah. He didn't see him. He -hmm. didn't see him. Yeah. And it's a good thing he didn't. Yeah. Because then he'd have to watch the second movie. But I think it makes more sense <laughs> that, like, the Biff Tannen timeline is happening at the same time mm-hmm. as all of these other timelines. But not in this movie. In this movie, mm-hmm. we open on 
sort of setting the the scene, setting the stage of like we're just panning across all of the clocks. A great opening sequence. A great opening sequence. And And most of the subtleties, as it's funny because this movie was baked into my brain for the longest time. Mm You know, this is not a movie I, I... This is a movie that I saw like a hundred times as a kid and then only revisited like every four years or so, you know? Oh, goodness. Um, you have to watch this once a year. Right. You have to watch all three of them once a but, year. But it's it's funny that, that there were things that, because I had been programmed in my brain as a kid, like this is what the movie was about, there was a ton of stuff that I just completely missed and forgot about or didn't pick mm-hmm. up on until I was an adult. Like these subtleties of things like... Like, just, I mean, you know, not this viewing, but I'm saying, like, you know, like in my 30s, mm-hmm. these are things I picked up of just, like, the opening sequence about, oh, yeah, he, you know, for some reason, I never, it never really functioned, it never really kind of, you know, made an impact on me that Doc Brown's place at the beginning is a small dump that is next to Burger King. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then he lives in, in the, you know, the family mansion later. Mm-hmm. In my brain, I never thought that his place was a dump. I just thought it was cool. Yeah. And yeah. I never thought, oh, fall from grace mm-hmm. difference there. Mm-hmm. I think you have to be an adult to get that. Yeah. And yeah. I didn't pick it up on nothing. all the graffiti that's in the mm-hmm. beginning and all the trash that's in 1985. Like, every opportunity, there's graffiti on the walls. Yep. <laughs> Hill Valley is, is a dump. Trash. It's been run down. It's um, been around. Also, as an adult, I noticed... The adult theater there's that's in the, in the town across. square... Uh, the clocks, there is a little clock tower with dock hanging off of it. A little paper dock oh, hanging really? off a clock. Yeah. As they're painting across, there's like oh. a tall sort of cuckoo clock looking thing. And there's a little like drawing of a man what? in a little hat hanging oh, off no the clock. Way. So look for that next time you go back. Wow. Um, but like, I, I always remember that part where he's like hooks up to the, Marty hooks up to this big old amplifier. Yeah, and that's like, the big thing. Um, and then talks to Doc on the phone and uh, I do wonder like Doc's like my experiment works all the clocks are 25 minutes late and then Marty's like that means I'm late for school and it's like what experiment was this Doc what experiment was this you set the clocks late and now they're late top notch science Doc Mm -hmm. Brown Well, well done Emmett A. Brown but so the question always is like, what is the story of Doc and Marty? How did Doc and Marty meet? They never tell us this tale. We never get the origin of how Doc and Marty are friends. And is it, um, is it weird that this teenage kid has this like, you know, very close bond with this disgraced nuclear science weirdo. Yeah, what's the in? Well, you know, is it I say it doesn't matter. I'm just going to yeah. assume he's a Miyagi. Mhm. And that this is all uh, you know, to be cherished and right. like he's, you know, a grandpa figure. We should go all go out and befriend a high schooler. Yeah. <laughs> sure. It sounds weirder when you huh, say it like yeah, that. Yeah, it does. Um, I think you first have to like fall from grace as a filmmaker and mm. then, you know, mm-hmm. discover time making filmography. You got to spend the family time. fortune. There's a small line there where I've he says, I've used it. the family fortune. <laughs> yeah. Well, but like Karate Kid is friends with an older guy and like we get the origin story of them. But it's just like, oh, I needed a guy and this was the guy. Maybe Marty needed help on a science project. And met Doc Brown that way, and they were just like found a kindred spirits. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, does it matter? I mean, I th- I like that they don't explain it because everybody's just like, yeah, they're friends, and we're not going to question it. It's just like the unlikely pairing that's just fun to watch, and yeah, so sometimes that's all you really need. You just need a couple characters that you care about, and then watch their hijinks yeah. as they. Explore it. Yeah. Also, in 1985, nobody cared what teenagers were up to mm-hmm. or what adults they may or may not be hanging out with. Honestly, the only person who showed any interest in what Marty was doing with his time or his life was Principal Strickland. Right. Um, and he had mostly negative things <laughs> to say. Uh, so Marty's late to school. Um, I absolutely love the very dangerous way in which he skateboard hitchhikes mm-hmm. on the back of cars. Bad president mm-hmm. for kids. Yes, I always wanted to do that. I always wanted to die doing that. I mean, <laughs> it looks really fun, and he yeah. doesn't have to do any of the like footwork himself. 
Uh, but he's late to school. We meet his girlfriend, Jennifer. We meet Principal Strickland. We learn that no McFly has ever amounted to anything in the entire history of Hill Valley. Marty wants to be in a band. His band is too darn loud. The Pinheads. Mm-hmm. The Pinheads. Uh, I've so been there. I, I auditioned. Well, I've auditioned for like uh, what, just a talent show in mm-hmm. high school. And they just said no. <laughs> we played the loudest, jazziest thing we could find. And then they looked at us and they're like, this isn't right for this. That's great. I do think that like all time travel movies should have some element of a battle of the bands. Always. I think it enhances it. Yeah. Makes it better. Battle of the bands is basically my favorite movie genre. Mm-hmm. So I'm for it. Excellent. Ever, uh, anytime we get out of Battle of the Bands or any kind of time travel, I'm for it. Um, we sort of like learn that Marty's whole like point of view on life is he's just like hapless. He has no sense of time, no sense of direction. He knows that he wants big things, but he's so afraid to try and fail that it seems like he probably won't end up trying that hard. But you're right. Mm-hmm. Hill Valley in the 80s is trash. The movie theater is a porn theater. <laughs> There's like... Adult bookstore. Everything's gross. Graffiti. Trash blowing around in the street. And none of that changed with time travel. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah. there's only one... There's so much one guy can do. Like Isn't it? Yeah. true. Um, uh, so... We learned about the clock tower. Save the clock tower. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, very lucky that that scene happened and that that very pushy woman was like, lightning hit the clock tower at exactly this time and I care about it. Um, so off off we go. Um, we meet Biff. We meet the McFly family. They're terrible. Nothing's going Marty's way. No. But Doc needs him to meet him at the mall at one o'clock in the morning to help him with some science. Seems perfectly legit. Needs some help in his van. Yeah. So he he uh, skates on over there, and lo and behold, here's Doc Brown, and things are about to happen. He stole some plutonium from some Libyans. He made a time machine out of a DeLorean. He's about to do some unauthorized animal experimentation. <laughs> And here we go. And cinema history. And cinema history. Yeah, I, for whatever reason, this sequence was the one that I saw the most. Yes, because it's the best part of the whole thing. This and when he's racing to hit the clock, hit the clock tower at the end are the, the best parts. It's so tense. Yeah, they just keep throwing problems in there. Where you're like, great. Are they ever gonna connect this and make it work? They are heightening, yeah. heightening, heightening. <laughs> mm-hmm. Nothing but that. It, it's, it's the story of like, okay, so we've got a plan. All we need to do is is hit it right at the, the you know, you just drive right by at the right time that the lightning bolt hits. Mm-hmm. And and story-wise, it, plot-wise, it's very little. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, okay, so I introduced my parents. They got together, and now I just need to go and do this. Yeah. And so the only way to then make that dramatic and to fill like that 15 20 minutes is just to throw as many monkey wrenches at them as possible because mm-hmm. basically it's very very simple what they need to do very very simple but he needs to drive a delorean and hit yeah. with a hook on it to hit a wire at but- the exact moment lightning strikes the tower <laughs> it doesn't seem that simple but yeah it, it's just a great example of them you know, the filmmakers just making a total meal out of it. Because mm-hmm. again, like the, the, it's very simple, but then you have to dramatize it. Yeah. And what do you think of the like exposition dumps or the explanations dumps that we get in this scene with Doc and Marty? Yeah. Um, All of them were so fun. Like yeah. the, you know, it's like one example is him showing again, it's that threading the needle of like, what do we need to know? How do we explain time travel? But yet, more importantly, how do we make it fun? Like, mm-hmm. they would always take the information, but then they would 
they would kind of wrap it in a burrito of yeah. fun. So like the example and of a, and a Christopher Lloyd yeah, branded so you're, burrito. You're, you're actually thinking about the delivery more than the information. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so like the the example I think of is he's made a total scale model of the uh, oh it's not to scale <laughs> uh, a model of the of the uh, the square and showing them how it's going to do it and how it's going to work and then there's so much drama. It's like all right, ready, set. Release, you know, and then it the car sets on fire, uh-huh. and then the fire spreads, and <gasps> and he like Doc Brown, like Christopher Lloyd, and his Doc Brown gasps <gasps> are yeah. just that's the whole, oh that is so but so people who um, were considered to play Doc Brown other than um, Christopher Lloyd include Jeff Goldblum. John Lithgow, Dudley Moore, Robin Williams, John Cleese, mm-hmm. Mandy Patinkin, uh. Gene Hackman, <laughs> and James Woods. <laughs> I mean, a couple so. of those I could see. Yeah. Like, uh-huh. it could be, but it's a whole different movie. Like, you put Jeff Goldblum in there, and all of a sudden, oh my it, God, what? It's slower, yeah. I think. Well, <laughs> a Jeff, lot uh, slower. Uh, uh, no, refit the. 1955 like yeah well mm-hmm. a lot of those also weren't particularly too old you know right yeah you know they would have aged them a bit on purpose but but you know i don't know how christopher how old christopher lloyd was i mean i think he's eternally 70 i think he was born 70 and he'll die 70 um uh so what do you think of like do you know christopher lloyd from other stuff yeah the page master Okay. And, oh, shoot. What was the recent one that I saw him in? Nope. That was the... Adam's Family? Yes, Adam's Family. No, I was just thinking of the trailer for Rick and Morty, like some live action thing where, you know, they just had him in that. Oh, yeah. Um, Shoot. Who framed Roger Rabbit? Oh, God, yeah. That's a great one. He's so scary in that. Yeah, I just thought of the page master, and I was like, nope, that's the only one I care about (laughs) right now. That's the only one. He's just so good, though. He's just he, so good and perfect. He, oh, he is uh, Dennis the Menace. That's the other one I was thinking. He's... Huh. I've never seen that. Oh, really? Uh-uh. He's like a real crook character. Oh, Almost nice. doesn't look like him for a second. And then you're like, wait, it is him. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, I, it could be fun with any of those people. But just like, just like, you know, it's not... It isn't what it is without... Michael J. Fox. It, it's, the two, mm-hmm. it's the two of them together. Yeah, and we know that for sure. We know that 100%. <laughs> because, and do you know this, Chewie, that they shot most of the movie with Eric Stoltz? No, I didn't know this. As the lead character as Marty McFly. Uh, because at the time when they were shooting this in 1985, mm-hmm. um, Family Ties was like hugely popular. Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with the Family Ties? Of course you're not. It was a show on the TV when we could only have three shows mm-hmm. at a time. Uh, Family Ties is one of them. <laughs> and uh, it was the hilarious story of like a hippie family. Like the parents were hippies and Michael J. Fox was like a Reagan Republican child living in this hippie family. Have I summarized it correctly? Uh, yeah, more or less. At least his his part in it. His part? That's all I mm-hmm. remember. It's, That's all it's anyone been, remembers. Admittedly, it's been a while. Yeah. Uh, so it was this hugely popular TV show, and he was shooting that. So they like they wanted him, they couldn't get him. So they cast uh, an actor named Eric Stoltz, who was a method acting drama guy. And mm-hmm. he he yeah, the studio had really wanted Eric Stoltz. And that guy, the studio had tried to screw up this movie every way possible, and thankfully <laughs> did not succeed. Um, but they actually cast him. He, they shot a lot of the movie with him. He's a method actor, so he made everyone call him Marty and like wouldn't answer to his own name. They're fun. Right? They're just a lot of fun to be around. <laughs> so it, they were just like, it's not working. But they also didn't tell him that. Mm. They started shooting scenes around him. And then they were like, oh, we're doing that because you've been replaced. Mm-hmm. And so... No, they did they tell him. him. They did tell him. Eventually, but they, yeah. shot a lot of the, they shot a lot of scenes where he didn't know why they weren't shooting his... It's because they, when they told the, him, they used his real name. They, they did. didn't call him Marty. He oh, could, and he yeah. couldn't understand. They, for three days, they were trying to tell him, but he mm-hmm. And he <laughs> just was like, he, he didn't oh, get it. Marty doesn't know who this Eric person is. Um, 
and then so Michael J. Fox was shooting Family Ties during the day, and then was would come and shoot Back to the Future, and like. Mm-hmm. That explains a lot of night shots. Yeah. Uh-huh. And they, they would, like, they described, like, people, like, the crew members having to carry him to bed like a tiny, tiny child. <laughs> so cute. So, yes, there's that piece of information. Um, other people who were considered to play, uh, Marty McFly, uh, obviously Eric Stoltz, um, but we also had, in consideration, John Cusack, C. Thomas Howell, Johnny Depp, Ralph Macchio, Charlie Sheen, John Cryer, Ben Stiller. Huh. That name surprises me. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. Hmm. And Matthew Modine. I think Robert Downey Jr. could have done mm-hmm. a cute job, but he would have been too much of a scamp. Yeah. yeah. Michael J. Fox is exactly the right amount of scamp. Mm-hmm. It's a really good amount. Yeah, on the dial. Mm-hmm. And like Ralph Macchio and C. Thomas Howell, not enough scamp. Yeah. Uh, so here's the scene. We learn all about the time travel. They found me. I don't know how, but they found me. It's the Libyans. <laughs> and they're in a Volkswagen and they're driving around. Marty sees Doc gunned down before his very eyes. And what is he going to do? Traumatizing. He's going to hop in that DeLorean and, and make just a getaway. drive around the mall. Completely forgetting that this is a time machine. We just learned this is a time machine. And uh, if you go 88 miles an hour, that's when time travel is, is instigated. Uh, and there is a really smart piece, which I like my brain totally skipped over all the times I watched it as a kid where Doc's like, oh, I'm a fool. I almost forgot to get the extra plutonium so I could come back right as the mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. stuff's about to go down. Um which is something we have to talk about when we circle back to this part at the end. Or should we just do it now? Yeah, let's do it now. Okay. I, mean, or I mean, we're only 20 minutes into the movie at this point. And we're 35 minutes into the podcast. <laughs> so, so Doc then, we learn at the end that Doc did read the letter that Marty tried to give him to let him know, like, you're going to be killed on the night I come back. You're going to be killed and you're my friend and I would like to hang out more. So please don't be killed. Doc's like, no, I won't read it. I can't know about the future. So, of course, Marty's like, well, I'll go back 10 minutes earlier and I'll just tell you with my face and then you won't be able to, we'll just, we'll run or whatever. I don't know. But, so then we go back, we see that whole dramatic scene again. uh, Doc allows his friend Marty, a child, to see him murdered twice (laughs) for, with a, with, to do a gag, I guess, that he's wearing a bulletproof vest. He did read the letter. Yeah. Doc Brown, the way he's thinking is that he can't change anything Except up until that point. So he can't change Marty's reaction? No. Because he, he could have stopped the whole thing. No, he and he, he can't do that at all because then it, it wouldn't, the whole loop wouldn't happen. So he can't change any of that. He can't, he can't like toss a plutonium in there and be like, oh, I almost forgot no, Marty, because but that, I didn't. Because then that would change everything. I think this just like builds on their friendship though because he wanted time yeah. with Marty. Because remember, so. Doc Brown at this point had seen Marty successfully reunite his parents and then return. But had he though? So then the, the Doc Brown that we leave at the beginning who gets shot and killed by the Libyans in that first time stream. So that, that one has be so okay. So hmm. if the parents are the crappy parents at the beginning, that means that Doc Brown has not read the letter any of this right correct and then now having gone through the whole experience he knows that to have everything complete that he can only change stuff that no one knows about so the only thing he can change he has to let everything transpire exactly how it is except now the change out is that he will be prepared with a bulletproof vest because marty didn't know correct he has to he has to let it all play out Otherwise, he won't go back in, into the past. I don't know. I think this fact, hmm, this kind of feels like it explains their friendship, too. And I feel like Doc initiated this friendship. Well, it's different than he's coming from. Yeah. He, he's coming from this new timeline or whatever their new outcome is. And he, he knows Marty already. Mm-hmm. He knows this Marty who hasn't been born. Mm-hmm. And now this Marty is born. And he's like, oh, it's my friend. We can finally... Hang out and do our friendship stuff yeah. together, right? There, then that reminds me of like there is like a really nice 
moment in in the end of Back to the Future Part 2 and the beginning of Back to the Future Part 3 where mm-hmm. he's like, I have to wait for you to come and find me. So I'm mm-hmm. experiencing time without mm-hmm. you and I miss you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, th- their relationship goes through so many different stages. Mm-hmm. You know, they've at, at the beginning, he's kind of an assistant. Yeah. You know? And then, uh, and then imagine an intern, if you will, an intern, if you will, unpaid intern. And then imagine, if you will, that Doc has now experienced thirty years of knowing that Marty's going to show up, Mm -hmm. and then oh, maybe they've only known each other for one. So when he finally meets them, their relationship is probably different. Like he has to know to himself, yes, to treat him the same way, but he is, you know, Doc is experiencing a deeper level of connection and friendship with Marty. So, so you when Marty, when he pulls he, like, open the, 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 the bulletproof vest, he can finally be himself now because he's experienced their entire relationship. Okay. So now I'm thinking about Jumanji and in Jumanji, the new one, the Jack Black one. Okay. Have you seen uh, it? Yeah. I've seen all the Jumanjis. Okay, good. <laughs> when they, when they get back from Jumanji, Mm-hmm. And then Colin Hanks is like, I've been waiting for you guys for 30 years. You're saying that's what it was? Is yeah. that uh-huh. that it, Doc was like, now, now here's the moment. This mm-hmm. today is the day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and But then their next adventure happens the same day. Well, yes. It, it happens the same <laughs> day for Marty. For Marty. Yeah. But Doc not Brown, for Doc. Yeah, Doc has gone to the future and right. now experienced the whole series of things and now he's like oh now my friend is in trouble i've got to help my friend we got to do this thing okay i have another time travel related question okay Mm -hmm. sorry so as we as this is a two-parter isn't it oh my god (laughs) so as we go marty finds his parents he meets his parents so the the whole instigation of this movie was that uh, uh bob gale who wrote the movie with robert zemeckis was like what if you could know your parents in high school would you like them? Would you be friends with them? What would mm-hmm. they really be like? So that's kind of the story within the story of time travel. Um, he meets his parents. They're, uh, what, you know, his mom's real horny and his dad's <laughs> real weird. Kind of <laughs> very crisp and glover. Different very horny. Very crisp and glover. <laughs> horny in a different way. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. A, less, a less honest and open way, possibly. Uh-huh. Um, and he interferes in just instinctively interferes in such a way to like prevent his parents from meeting a and B his mom falls in love with him instead of the dad. So as we learn this, a picture, a photograph of Marty and his two older siblings begins to fade and disappear, starting with the older brother. That doesn't make any sense to me. Why wouldn't Marty disappear first? It it, it is completely just a, the the answer is it's a completely a quote fun device. Okay. To, yeah. There's no. There's you, no reason you, why it wouldn't time wouldn't erase you, itself backwards. You cannot logic uh, explain that one. Okay. Yeah. All there, right. Thoughts, yeah, Chewy. It, it's just. I mean, usually I'd try, but I feel oh, that's like I weird. can't. His head is just <laughs> disappearing. Oh, now just his torso. It's like, oh yes, here's our oldest. He has no head, but <laughs> right. we but we took the to picture of him. He's working at the McDonald's, <laughs> right. and like his head is gone. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> like, what is happening there? I think the only way they, I guess I'm trying to imagine the way they thought it out, and mm-hmm. they're like, well, time is moving that way, and the first child they're gonna have is the oldest, <laughs> so they're gonna disappear uh-huh. first yeah okay that's the only way i could think I, of yeah them in terms of the about. order but in terms of the picture i guarantee you everyone said to bob zemeckis there's no way that this makes sense he goes like trust me no if one they're cares. either no one's gonna care they're gonna be into <laughs> the movie at this point no one's gonna care okay that's fair i did not care and i don't care but it did occur to me like why wouldn't marty be the person in initial peril so if he had disappeared first, it would have been a pretty interesting movie. <laughs> uh, so there's kind of like now all there's all these other stories. So yeah. there's we also we also had one of the the most amusing like revisiting it one of the most amusing lines in the movie where the dad hit you know Marty McFly with uh-huh. the car and he said another one of these damn kids got in front of my car. <laughs> <laughs> 
I love I love Lorraine's family uh-huh. and and uh, although I think like the jailbird Joey like what was that that was for one that's joke a, that's some pretty strong commentary yeah. there yeah um, just to show the connection just to show the connection but mm-hmm. uh, the the big thing about this movie was uh, for it it introduced the fifties to a lot of people that didn't experience it and I remember that there was a huge like. Nostalgia. Nostalgia. I mean, just like not long ago, like 80s nostalgia has been big. I still mm-hmm. experience it every day. Yeah, me too. But I remember like 50s diners becoming, uh-huh. popping up and becoming a big deal. Sock hop. And me, and me as a kid, you know, it's like, oh, this is so cool because it's just now far enough removed that it feels like a different age. Yeah. Like the mm-hmm. 90s, like I don't know. I kind of know what the 90s are. Like I'm maybe I'll we'll know... You know, well, but it's this whole other thing, right? So, thirty years ago from now was was nineteen ninety one, and it wouldn't be so. Like, I'm tr- I'm trying to picture like my fifteen year old if she had to go back into nineteen ninety one and like interact with me in some way, the world wouldn't be as different as it was from nineteen eighty five to nineteen fifty five, right? From nineteen fifty five to nineteen eighty five, huge things, huge changed. cultural technological changes. Yeah, and you know, from nineteen ninety one, there's still some pretty big changes yeah. in those thirty years, though. Uh, I'd say post nine eleven's a pretty big change, but then you also mm-hmm. have like people really getting into like technology. Oh, in the general. internet! Yeah, the internet yeah. changes had, everything. So yeah. I still had like cell phones and beepers like in the world, so I wouldn't be like, "Whoa, you're a witch! What's that? <laughs> what's That's that true. Tiny computer in your hand? Well, like in, yeah, the, in like ninety one, yeah, ni- like ninety one, self having a cell phone was still super rare. Like it was pagers and things like that. Mm-hmm. I, re- I remember finally retiring my pager like in. 96 97 or something like that so yeah so i think it was just like kind of auspicious that there is this big difference between the 50s and the 80s and i think there's you know some things to be said for like you know oh the 50s that's what that's when america was great that's when things were mm-hmm. like so clean and pristine and, and everything I, and was I, going f- great. I, I feel like a lot of people can take that away but there's also a lot of stuff that that comes off as not that way mm-hmm. you know you know it's like the one man of color getting ordered around that'll be the day a colored mayor yeah. you know like right to his face well and one of the one of the things that like i have found problematic about the movie now in 2021 is that the there is this sort of double joke of Marty being the person who like instigates black success. Mm-hmm. So he's like, yeah, you're going to be the mayor. They and then he's like, it. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And then like, Oh, uh, Mar- you know, Marvin Barry, listen to, you know, your cousin, mm-hmm. listen to this. He's playing Johnny be good. And it's like, Oh, okay. So you're telling me a white teenager actually invented like, no, 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 no. So those two things I think are the most probably Although problematic. It, cor- well, correct. Well, there's one yeah, more big one. Yeah, although, um, I guess in defense of that, Mm -hmm. he did become mayor without Marty's help in the past, like in the original 80s. And then Chuck Berry did do that song because he played it in the past. Right, so he wouldn't know it if there hadn't been. Correct. It just seems like an unnecessary, really 80s point of view. Yeah. uh, so, like, part of this movie is is about like what were your parents like. Part of it is like what is your pons- what is your personal responsibility to take control of your destiny, to take risks, to take big swings. I don't know to kind of go mm-hmm. for it, to stand up for what's right. Well, I, I think when when you talk about people's past, I think a lot of people, you know, have regrets that they that they wish they would have done this more. You know, or would have they, stood up for themselves more. Would yeah, have like, you know, when, like when we do have regrets, it's usually that rather than oh man, I took all these chances and failed. You mm. know, so I want to talk about Biff. Biff is the big bully. Biff is a classic textbook cartoon bully, and I think that Thomas F. Wilson is an incredible actor. Yeah. Uh, because if you look at not just what he does he is in this movie, the movie bully. He is, but like if you see like all of the all of the like nuance that he brings to the character in all three of the movies as he's playing like Biff Tannen throughout time and space, like 
I think his performance is genuinely underrated as a chaotic evil. Well, yeah, he's associated with the character. Like, yeah. You know, rather than the actor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like Biff is bully. Like, that's yeah. what a bully is. The bully. The bully. Um, and he, he truly is, like, just chaotic evil. Like, he's going to run Marty over in a car. <laughs> They're going to, he's going to kill him. And, like, you know, of course, it's hilarious when he has a face full of manure, but he is a genuinely bad guy. So, yeah, so Biff is there just to fuck with the McFlies at every turn. In the past of the future of 1985, he is still bullying Marty McFly. In the future of the past of the new future of 1985, total turnabout and Biff is now the one waxing the car. Probably still the full-on dickhead he is, but he just doesn't have the power and confidence. Mm -hmm. And so, like, then we're meant to believe that, like, George McFly always had this confident, interesting person inside of him, and he just needed the space and the freedom to awaken it, and that Biff always has a terrible monster inside of him, and he needs power in order to be his real self. Well, I think it's the question of how how much do the events in our past affect who we become? You know, mm-hmm. it's basically saying cause and effect. Okay. You know, it's saying he never stood up for himself. And now that he stood up for himself, his life is different. Mm-hmm. Um, this, you know, for Biff, no one ever stood up to him. And now that someone has stood up to him, his trajectory was different. Okay. So that's the... It's the nature nurture yeah. question. Like, the, it, we feel like we know what their true natures are, and now they've been nurtured into these characters that we're seeing in mm. the future. Which maybe contradicts the Jailbird Joey thing. Right. Maybe he didn't have a Marty McFly in his life. Well, they're trying to have it kind of every way, you know, that Biff is inherently bad, but he's behaving based on his situation better and worse in certain situations. Yeah. And ultimately, with a story like this, that's going to be more satisfying is that cause and effect. Right. But, like, Marty, just in the first Back to the Future, not in later editions of Back to the Future, but just in the first Back to the Future, he he accomplishes all of his goals. He gets back to to 1985. It's a better 1985. And, like, did he really do that much to earn this... This better, fancier life. And also, what happened to the other Marty? What happened to the Marty variant that <laughs> lived in 1985 and would have known all these things about 1985? Did he poof away when this Marty came back? Well, either, I guess it depends. Like, so uh, do they cover this a bit in number two? In number two? It's just, does it split off into another timeline or? Does it get replaced? So there's a 1985 with a Marty that experienced that timeline. And now there's a second that 1985 with a new Marty in it. And they're all variants. Well, that's the question. It's either replacement or branching. Mm. Okay. What are your thoughts? Uh, I think it's complicated. I think for me, both of them are kind of strange in the sense of like who... Am I ever? Right. <laughs> right? And so, I don't know. I think they are just trying to create, basically, the characters they need for whatever they want to happen. Mm-hmm. And so, some of that gets ignored along the way. Yeah. <laughs> A lot of it. Because you're like, who is this Marty? You're totally right. I never thought of, like, where is the Marty from this timeline? Where did they go? Mm-hmm. And Because we know there can be two Martys. Yeah. Up to and including two Martys. <laughs> um, but yeah, and I mean, I think Marty does most of his growing in the later two movies. But another thing that the, that the Back to the Future as a franchise as a whole does beautifully that I love so much is that they have these pieces that, like as a teacher of improv, are perfectly translated into each of the scenarios, right? That scene where he wakes up in the bedroom with Lorraine. Well, you're, you're perfectly safe in good old 1955. You're perfectly safe back in good old Biff Towers. You're perfectly safe <laughs> mm-hmm. back in 1865. Like that, those repeated moments 
where it's just like translated into these different different uh, genres or times, if you will, where it's just like, oh, that is so brilliant. That is such brilliant, beautiful storytelling. Mm-hmm. And everybody does just such an amazing job. And especially like when Michael J. Fox then plays like all of these crazy different characters and all the other movies. And um, I mean, it's just like what they give them to do later mm-hmm. is incredible. Yeah. Uh, but this just Back to the Future one on, on its own is is I think as close as it gets to a perfect time travel movie. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. All right, what didn't we talk about? <laughs> okay, notes. Let's see. We didn't get. We didn't talk about like a whole entire middle yeah. of the movie. We didn't talk about Crispin Glover at all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the music in this movie is fantastic. Like it. This is one of those examples to where. The movie, in a lot of ways, is pretty simple. Mm-hmm. And they really use the music to bring it up to the next level in terms of a cinematic experience for the audience. Like when they, they pan up to things, it's a, they put a lot of emphasis on things that nor, maybe in normal situations, if you were cutting together the movie, you wouldn't necessarily do. But they magnify the whole scope of the movie when they do this. Even the little, like... The magic, the sound of magic. They spent the extra money for a full orchestra for the for a lot of uh, really important parts of the movie. They didn't have a movie of this budget would have wouldn't have normally done this, but they knew that they had to lean into this and make it something to elevate the whole movie. Yeah, Um, and it works, man. Yeah, it really Mm -hmm. works. Uh, I, I, I wish that my text message sound was something magical is happening. It's so good. Um, the Johnny B. Good sequence is really weird. It's really like a victory lap. It's secondhand you know, it's embarrassment like <laughs> that I can't. It's, and I remember being so cool as a kid. Like Ugh, It but, always made my teeth hurt. Really? <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, Marty, you are embarrassing yourself. Uh-huh. But that's good. And um, then there's also like that moment at the dance, that weird second beat where like already and we've like completely skipped over the whole assault sequence and the Marty and his mom getting frisky in a car. Um, but so uh, George McFly has already stood up to Biff and then some weirdo on the dance floor. Some Random ginger guy. Ginger is yeah. like, I'm going to cut in George McFly. I'm the new Biff in town. Mm-hmm. And it almost We works. need one more obstacle. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. that time it. Oh didn't, no, a mini bus. Of all the wrenches they threw, that one was uh-huh. like, mm, I don't know if you needed that one. <laughs> I don't. We don't need this ginger weirdo. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. they needed some big musical moment, is what they, they were yeah. going for. Otherwise. Well, I think what like, they needed was that because that's happening all during that point where Marty's finally disappearing. Mm-hmm. Like, we finally met yeah. that point, and they're like, oh, we never got around to like well, Marty is that not big, a participant on yeah. any of that stuff. You know, it's all happening off screen. But it's all these huge moments of tension, like that. Oh, the tension with is he gonna punch Biff? Is he gonna punch Biff? All the tension of is he gonna kiss her? Is he gonna kiss her? Are they gonna make it? Are they gonna make it? Like there's so many, mm-hmm. there's so much building of tension that like when you finally do get to the end, then it's like, oh, you think you're safe now just because Marty's got a new truck? Nope, here comes Doc Brown. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're going back to the future again. <laughs> um, they Sorry. never let you off the hook. Nope. Uh, so do, I mean, do we, do we want to talk about how little agency the women of this movie have? Do we want to talk about, uh, how creepy it is to have to pretend like you're gonna manhandle your own mom or how immediately Biff escalates into full on sexual assault or have we, or have the world talked about those things enough? Hmm. I'm okay. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. It's a weird thing that I feel like <coughs> hovers on this line where it's like, we all know this isn't okay, but we also know this is how people do things. Uh-huh. And, then and it's awkward. It, is a, it yeah. is a really weird line to where it's like, we are dramatizing this fun action-adventure movie. We're just going to brush up against and show you this thing that you know is a real adult thing. And then we're going to then thread this needle ever so carefully. Oh, it's over. Okay, the scene's oh, over. Oh, thank God. Thank God. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Let's just forget about that until we come back to it in part two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I also think that it was a, you know, it's like, okay, well, if we have Marty feel up his mom, we're never going to be into that. And they, they surprise us and they save this. They have the kiss and it's the mom who recoils in disgust. It's like, I feel like I'm kissing my brother. Something's not right here. Something's not right. And that's perfect because there's no other way to save that situation to Mm -hmm. where she has her, her flower has now closed up Mm -hmm. (laughs) as shrivel closed. Mm -hmm. And he is like, Oh, thank you. (sighs) But she still needed to be in danger. Mm -hmm. And here comes a biff. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. So on a scale of one gigawatt to 1.21 gigawatts, (laughs) which equals 10, um, which also I read that gigawatts is a correct pronunciation and that it was just, and that there's a hard G, soft G, just like gif. Jif, like people used to pronounce it gigawatts now they pronounce it gigawatts with the hard g and so it was a choice doc brown was making a choice to pronounce it how thomas edison would have because you he both look Tommy. at me like you're not buying this <laughs> i buy it he talked to that photo he said what did he say he talked right to he Thomas talked, Edison. He, he talked right to Thomas Edison's photo at one point, so I believe about it. the gigawatts. He's like, "What was I thinking?" Yeah. Why would I do that to myself? Mm-hmm. I'm into it. Okay. Um, <laughs> how many gigawatts on a scale of one to ten <laughs> would you give this? I'll start with Nathan, and then I'll do Chewy. Okay. I, you know what? I, I this is one of the, it's like this is one of those movies. It's like what are we rate? What how, how do we base the scale of one to ten off of? What's a ten? And I feel like a ten is. It's it's got to be like the 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 upper tier. It's got to be the top tier. You right. Know? This is in, in in terms of like the theme of this podcast. Like, does it hold up? Is it still magical? Like yep. we thought it was as yes, a kid. It is. And yeah, I've got to go with a 10. Okay, you're giving it a straight up 10. Straight 10. So we're putting this on the shelf, on the 10 shelf with Die Hard, with Princess Bride, and with Raiders. Raiders. Lost. Yep. And wasn't there, one, wasn't there one more? Did we? Did I maybe give Say Anything a 10? You, I, I, I'm not responsible. Okay, very well. Um, all right. Was there anything else we gave a 10 to? No? Not you yet. You Karate Kid like an 8.5. Yeah, it got mm-hmm. real close. Okay. All right. Chewie is a young person. Mm-hmm. How does this rate for you? I would say now, I guess it's hard as one movie on its own, I think it's closer to a 10. Mm-hmm. Um, taking them all into account, it may fluctuate a little bit. Um so I'd, I'd say a nine, though. I think there's still some parts that are like, mm, questionable, probably, probably not great for the time period now. But yeah, real close. I'd still say it's like, you know, must watch. Yeah. Definitely worth it. Good uh-huh. time. No, there's some awkward moments, but overall, it's just fun. Mm-hmm. You know? I think if I was going to take any any manner of points away it would be the for that sort of like backdoor racism and the sort of backdoor misogyny that kind of exists because this is a movie made by men in the 80s you know in the same way that uh you know we talked a lot about it's the people who are making these movies like you know um you know john hughes is making all these movies through his own perspective so like there is a latent casual racism that somebody who was that age at that time would have and would, you know, knowing, not knowingly imbue into their art. Um, you know, and I, I think that that is there. Um, is it not there in Die Hard? I'm not sure. It probably is. It's Mm -hmm. not there in the Princess Bride. Mm -hmm. It's there in Die Hard. It's there in Die Hard. Having kind of revisited. So of the tens, I think only The Princess Bride is a perfect 10. And maybe this is an imperfect 10. 
That's fair. Okay. Uh, so what is your deep cut recommendation for Back to the Future? So uh, if you really want to... Okay, so my deep cut recommendation is is actually three things. It's it's like if you're in, if you're like me and you're you're hungry for more time travel movies. Oh, always. Um, this is that. But like, if you really want to go deeper into Back to the Future, I recommend um, the on the Netflix show the movies that made us. Yeah. Oh, it's and great. So, yeah. So that's a great way to kind of go into the making of the movie. But if you're hungry for more time travel movies, these are ones that are studio releases, but maybe not everyone has caught. Um, and that would be Source Code with Jake Gyllenhaal, mm-hmm. About Time, mm-hmm. and then Edge of Tomorrow, which is very I much like a love Edge of Tomorrow time loop mm-hmm. movie. But yeah, those three. I don't if it's possible you've only seen two out of three. Those are three good time travel movies. Yeah, and the Edge of Tomorrow is sometimes called Live Die Repeat. Yeah. It was released under both names. Yeah. That always confused me. Well, the the Edge of Tomorrow was the original release, and then they're like, ah, no one's remembering it, and they like the trailer, which was Live, Die, Repeat. Mm-hmm. I think like when it actually came out, the box art title was yeah. Live, Die, Live, Repeat. Die, repeat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I that movie is so underrated. It's mm-hmm. so so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and a completely different kind of time travel movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's basically. Uh, Violent Groundhog Day. <laughs> yeah, Violent Groundhog Day for sure. Um, what about you, Julie? Mine is very deep. I went more, less along the time travel route, and I went the unlikely friendship oh route. Oh my god, yes. Because I think that's like the big part here, where we do get zero explanation about Doc and Marty and their friendship. And I really, I'll go with the more normal unlikely friendship. Just watching Snoop Dogg and Martha Stewart cook uh, together. <laughs> that's that's one. That's a visual one. Mm-hmm. This one's a taste one. Corn and tuna. Hmm. Apparently, oh. this isn't a common thing no. that people do. But I grew up eating tuna with corn, in like sandwiches. So in sandwiches. In sandwiches, like a tuna sandwich, but you know, instead of like celery, it's corn. Wow. Okay. Yeah, that's my I love just that. try an unlikely paired fruit food. And maybe if there's a disgraced scientist in your community, mm-hmm. reach give, out. Give him a second chance. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe that's probably not safe or sound. <laughs> maybe they were right the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Maybe his crazy ideas on vaccinations were right all along. Oh. Uh, um, so my, I went even a different way than all of that. Here's my deep cut recommendation. I recommend scooter travel. <laughs> I think that we should all be trying to be more like Marty and get around our towns in more energy efficient ways. And try so to, try to interact with fast moving cars if you can. <laughs> There's a, I, I've been trying to remember the word for that. Like when you. Hold, on, hold to on to a car. There's a word for it, but I don't remember it. Passive hitchhiking. I don't know. Um, but yeah, maybe don't do that. But, you know, do scooter around town and, and find alternate energy efficient means of transportation. Okay. So <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> you've got a lot of different choices tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's no wrong one. Uh, Chewy, where can everybody find Chewy playing things i am on youtube and it's just chewy plays on youtube i'm on twitter all the time chewy plays ntdo like nintendo but shortened mm-hmm. and that's the same on instagram and then i host a podcast called haken an animal crossing podcast and that comes out weekly it's pretty fun and is that that's under chewy plays yes on instagram um yeah the, it has its own stuff now too haken podcast if you search that anywhere you'll find it excellent uh, Nathan, where can people go and can they still support the making of? The yeah, Last you can uh, you can check us out on Facebook and then Instagram. So the the movie that I'm working on uh, is tentatively called the last movie ever made. Uh, it, it very likely may go through a name change because I've discovered that um, Netflix has trademarked that name. 
So it may become the last movie ever or the last movie or something else. But Aww. right now, if you go to、um, The Last Movie Ever Made or if you just go to Squishy Studios, our Facebook or, in,、uh, or um, Instagram, you can find some link to that page and you can support. Yep. Definitely worth supporting. It's going to be amazing.、Uh, and of course, you can find、uh, me at the Neighborhood Comedy Theater and at all places that. Are digitally the neighborhood comedy theater、uh, at NCTPHX on all of the interwebs.、Uh, and of course, at all the most excellent pod things around the interwebs.、Um, you know, look, you know, if you haven't already liked or rated or subscribed or thumbs up or done something to help our podcast, and you're an hour and 10 minutes into. This Back to the Future situation. <laughs> now's the time. I think now's the time. Today's well, the day. You know what? We'll wait. We'll wait? Yeah. We'll wait for the timeline where you already have had. Yeah. Like, no, we'll wait here. Yes.、Yeah. Okay. We're going to be doing more live shows. So if you're in the neighborhood of the neighborhood, please come out and see us.、Uh, and, you know,、uh, as always, when you're out there in the world, be excellent to each other and party, party on, dudes. Me, me, me. And that's the end! Yay! Woohoo! Yay!